Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 872. Don't be afraid to push the button and find out what it does. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Nathan Rich. Nathan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am, Mark. Let's get into this. All right. Nathan Rich is the content manager for the retail performance company where he manages all customer experience content for BMW of North America. His past career experiences have included time at Callaway Golf, a BMW blog contributor and is editor and digital content manager at BMW CCA Roundel, one of my favorite publications. Nathan's parents both race hydroplanes, which no doubt led to his passion for all things that go fast. Jason is a diehard BMW fan, just like me, who joined the club at 18 years of age and participates in autocross and HPDE events and as a driving instructor, which he's done for the past five years. So, Nathan, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and your passion for especially BMWs? No problem. Thanks for having me, Mark. You bet. Um, yeah. So, as you mentioned, as I was 18, I joined the BMW Club. The reason for that is I wanted to drive on track. And fortunately for me, they were the only ones who would let me on track with my Volkswagen at the time. <laughs> nice guys, that BMW Club. <laughs> yep. They welcomed me with open arms. All the other clubs kind of de- denied me. So, um, that was kind of why I ended up with BMWs. But that mentality from those fellow people just being interested in the car culture is what really got me interested in being in the car culture and being an enthusiast. And from that day, it's grown. I've been an HPDE instructor for the last five or six years, um, and I'm actually looking to expand on that and hopefully start some racing next season. So as you mentioned, I'm a huge BMW fan for for a long time because of that, and hopefully for the future too. Well, let our listeners uh, out there know, explain HPDE for those few folks that don't know what that means. So HPDE is what the club refers to as the High Performance Driver Education Schools. And basically each chapter holds two, you know, one to two a year at their local racetrack and allows you to bring your own personal car to the track and get professional instruction um, and be able to push it to its limits in a safe environment. Yeah, you know, it's an awesome program. And way back when I thought or I decided I was going to go vintage racing. But before I thought, you know, I should go and take one of these courses Kind of see if I'm comfortable at speed in a car. And BMW was the club I did it in. I had an E36 M3, took their driver's performance driving program, went out and thought, okay, I really like this. This is fun. And that's what I like about BMW. They also have a great youth program. Both my kids went through their driving education program before they started driving. It was their teen safety program that they take around the country, which I'd recommend every kid go to something like that before they start driving because it doesn't teach them how to speed or drive fast. It teaches them how to be careful on the road and avoid things that are inevitably going to happen. But yeah, BMW Club is great for that. Well, as we continue on your journey, Nathan, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah, so take the wheel. Well, I'm not sure you probably everyone's heard this one in the car industry um, or even for enthusiasts, but it actually applies for me for more than just in the automotive industry. Um, It's calling it craze, if in doubt, flat out. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've always loved that one from the time I've heard it. And like I said, not just because in cars, that's kind of what you have to do a lot of times, but just in life too. Being tentative in, in anything I've done in the past has never gotten me to the results I want to be at. And whenever I've just been like, I can do this and jumped in and did it, I've always been way more successful. So I kind of take that in all regards of life and it, it's always put pointed me in the right direction. I love that quote. That's really cool. You know, when you said it, what else came to mind is when I was in a driver's course, uh, when in a spin, both feet in <laughs> was something else that, that it just popped to mind when you said that. But yeah, uh, putting your foot down and going for it in all aspects of life, uh, certainly way to uh, experience a lot of things and you never know what you're going to find out. Well, you were an enthusiast going way back. Now, you're still a pretty young guy, but let's share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you think back to your youth that you realize you were a car guy? You know, there's a few moments that pop up in my mind, but it's actually, I think, my biggest key moment for where I'm currently standing. It's actually a little bit later in life. So I'm actually going to talk about my 30th birthday present to myself. Oh, Yes. So basically, when I went to college, I understood that, you know, this is an expensive venture and I could be in debt for a long period of time. So I made a, uh, a personal deal with myself that if I put myself through college as cheaply as I possibly could, so that meant I, I took public transportation, I didn't own a car, I ate top ramen, everything I could do to save money. When I turned 30, I could have my dream car at that point in time. Um, that was my life goal for myself. Nice. So I've got myself through college. I bought a reasonable car. I paid off my student loans early. And therefore, on my 30th birthday, I uh, tracked down a beautiful E46 M3, um, which had been my dream car for about six, seven years coming up to that point in time. Actually, I'd never even driven it up until that point. And I got in it, drove it around, and was like, yep, I have to have this car. And it's my baby now. I've had it now for a few years, and I'm never going to get rid of it. Every time I get into that car, it puts a big smile on my face. And since then, as you pointed out, and you know, my career's grown and more and more in what I'm doing. It's all BMW-based, and it all comes back to that, it, that, that car for me. That's what put me on my path forward. You know, this is a great story, and it's a great story about self-discipline, motivation, sacrifice. I mean, all the things that are important to do to be successful. And I, you said that's an E46 M3? Yes, it's a 2002. It's steel gray on cinnamon. Um, it is a six-speed, not the SMG. I, I like I like to row my gears, but I've left it pretty much as stock as can be. Um, I'm up to about 80,000 miles, but she's in pristine condition. I took her to the car club's Legends of the Autobahns and showed her a few times. Nice. But don't get me wrong. She's not a garage queen. She's been on track many times. Uh, you know, I love that. My first, I've had two E46 M3s, have one today, but my first one was just like yours. Uh, same color combination, just wonderful car, manual. Yeah. And uh, spent many, many track days uh, in that car. They're just spectacular. You push that little sport button and they turn into something else, don't they? It's crazy how in today's we have so many different driving modes and e-driving modes, and that one just had one sport. Yes, and it's just like that's it. <laughs> it's I'm all on the truck. I pushed that one. It's Done. all it needs. That's all it needs. Yeah, when I was my kids were little in that car, my son would always say, "Dad, can I push the sport button? Can I push the sport button?" So yeah, it was. Uh, those are great cars. Awesome. Well, great story about uh, setting a goal and achieving a goal. So congratulations and kudos to you for that. Right. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big fail. I'd love for you to share one of those in your life. We all come up against these things, but the most important thing is how do we work through them and what do they teach us? So take us to one of yours. 
So mine was actually, it's, it's something that not too many people come up against, but it does happen and gets thrust upon us. So I went to school to be an engineer, as you pointed out, um, and I started off at Callaway Golf as an aerodynamics engineer. But after about three to four years, I realized that it's just not what I wanted to do. I ended up staring at a lot of spreadsheets and graphs, and it just was not as fun as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Even though I love numbers and love figuring things out, it just it wasn't a good fit. So I thought, well, since I was in school, I kind of always worked with marketing teams. And I was like, okay, maybe I can move into marketing. And I I, kind of have that kind of mentality. And so I tried to move laterally and it was just, it did not happen. I I just kept hitting roadblock after roadblock, you know, no experience, no education, it's not going to happen. So I kept, you know, kept it in my mind. I kept trying. But unfortunately, back in uh, the late 2000s, when when the financials kind of crashed down, golf got cut. So unfortunately, I got laid off from Callaway. So it's pretty much I was thrust into either go find another another engineering job, which I wasn't really feeling, or I try to make this change. So I made the mental decision to try to make this change into marketing. And I had some good push um, from some people because I always had good ideas and good paths forward on what I wanted to do. I just had no way of really doing it. And this kind of forced me into it. And what really mm-hmm. set it apart was this is kind of when social media was really getting big. It wasn't starting off as big, but brands were just a little tentative to get into it. So I kind of saw the opening, being a huge racing fan, I was following BMW, but I wasn't getting anything socially. I'd watch the feeds and I'd get no... F- connection with the teams. So I kind of saw this opening and I jumped in on it and I was covering races online and people started following me and I started being more involved with the club. And so I started sharing those experiences and it just kept snowballing and growing. So that that was my biggest challenge in life is changing careers from an engineer to a marketer and convincing people that I could do it. And uh, so far it's been a long road, but I'm going a good path right now and I'm really excited for the future. You know, it's a really great story about making a pivot in careers. And I would ask you for one great takeaway for someone who's out there listening and doing something that they perhaps went to college for. I mean, after four years, and if you go to grad school, a couple more years, and you think this is the path I want to go down, and then you get into it and you go, oh my gosh, I made a horrible mistake. And you think about engineering, mathematics, and the kind of degrees you have, and not a lot of people can do that kind of stuff. It it's, takes a certain part of a brainwave, I think. My wife's an engineer. She has a whole different kind of mentality than I have. She's way smarter than me for one thing, but that she can uh, think in a different way than I do as a creative person. What would be your takeaway and encouragement for someone out there that might be going through something similar right now? Like I said, it was a super tough change. And the hardest part for me was convincing those people that I could do something. But what a lot of people always end up doing is they look at what you've done and what you've studied, not what you're capable of or what you're talking about or what your passion may be. So I had to come up with a way to kind of explain what my vision was and what I wanted to do to convince people. And personally, like you said, that the brainwaves are completely different. So I had to I had to come up with a good definition for that. So I kind of came up with this definition for engineers for myself, and I think it works out really well. Basically, what I came up with is there's two types of engineers in the world. There's those that, like you said, they calculate numbers, they can you know, send rockets to the moon and subs to the bottom of the ocean, and they're great at calculating and figuring out things. Then there's those engineers who can just figure things out. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those ones who just figures things out. doesn't matter what it is, I'll figure out how to make it work and how it should be running. So I just basically use that in all forms of whatever I'm doing. I figure out how to make it work, figure out how to make it better, and then set about the path to make it better. 
Exactly. You know, I ran a, a business for 20 plus years and I hired lots and lots, hundreds of people over those years. And one of the interesting things when you're hiring somebody is, and you're right, a lot of times people focus on what you've done. I would always ask people, what can you do for me? looking forward because it's great what you've done, but that isn't always an indicator of what you can do in the future. And I think you answered that question in a a brilliant way is explaining to a potential employer, what can you do for them? Because that's why they're hiring you is to Mm -hmm. do things for them. So uh, I even was helping and mentor a friend who was kind of going through a a life change pivot with careers. And I said the same thing with his resume. I said, well, your resume is great, but there's pages here of what you've done. An employer wants to know what you can do moving forward. And he changed the whole thing up and it seemed to work really well for him. So nicely said, Nathan. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. And I think you kind of touched on this, obviously, where you chose to change careers. Tell us a little bit more about your career aha moment. Yeah, Mark, as I pointed out, I was covering racing. And so what I was doing was I I knew I wanted to be in marketing and more, you know, I'm I'm a younger guy, like you mentioned, I like technology because of my engineering background. So I was always kind of into the digital marketing of things, the live updates of events. And I was noticing that that coverage was lacking you would get all this lead up to major events like, oh, watch it at this time. We're going to be here. We're going to be doing this. And then it would just fall away and nothing would happen during the event. And then they'd come back. Oh, this is what happened. This is the fun we had. Well, there was just that valley, that gap in information from brands. So I realized that there's a lot of people wanting to see what was going on during these events. And at that time for me, it was racing. So basically I got online and um, I would watch the live feed. I'd have my computer in front of me. I would have Twitter up. I would have Facebook out of every social media up I could have. And I was basically relating what was happening during the race for people to see behind the scenes. And because I have my passion for BMW, I focused on the BMW teams. I got a good following there. And as I said, that grew. And I was like, well, this is fun. People like seeing this. So I started just covering other events. I literally created my own business with quotation marks of Nader Interactive Marketing. I went to car shows and I showed car launches to people. And so they didn't just see the highlight film of the launch. They saw what was going on. I went to club events and did autocrosses and HPDEs. And I just shared my experience and this, this grew and people kept seeing. And that was kind of my aha moment was there was that gap. And it was what was happening at the point that everyone's promoting was not being shared. So I found a whole And I exploited it and I went in and did my thing and just did it how I wanted it to be done. Coming from the customer side of things, what would I want to see? And so that's what I went forward with. And that's what really sparked off what what I do now. You know, it's a classic alignment of success pieces that come together to make things work. And that is find something you're passionate about, something you're good about, and find out what people want. And do all those three things, and you'll usually have a little story of success, which is exactly what you did. So, again, awesome, awesome way that you went about that and how you created things that landed you where you get to play in that world today and get paid for it. That's pretty nice. Always a bonus. Always a bonus, definitely. How about a proudest career or business moment? I would assume you've had a lot of those, but is there one that stands out you would share with us? There has been quite a few over the past uh, past few years, um, especially since in my kind of business, you can you can see all the analytics from all the social posts. So there's a lot of them out there that, that might pop up. But it's actually probably before I started doing this as a business. And uh, uh, we briefly discussed it in our back and forth emails earlier. I was lucky enough to be picked out by BMW um, to promote 
their new four series and their unforgettable campaign. Um, so basically what they saw is they saw what I was doing online and it was very in line with what, what their brand was. And I connected with their customers. They liked what I was doing and they were bringing and launching the all new four series at the time. Um, so they reached out to me and kind of played me a fool. They're like, hey, we're just doing some interviews and we'd like to talk to you. But <laughs> yeah. they, <laughs> they brought me to Palm Springs and showed me the brand new four series in an empty uh, airport hangar and took me to the track, gave me the track to myself with the car and just basically let me experience this new four series that was all new to BMW and showed what what an enthusiast thinks about it. And, you know, it's a great experience. And it kind of just solidified in me that I was on this right path. Like I wanted to show what I thought BMW digital marketing should be, and they were recognizing it and rewarding me. So that was kind of my key moment as in after I've done a, a year or two of work on this, trying to see, can I make this work? That made me feel like, yes, I'm on this right path and I'm, I'm excited for going forward. It's really a cool video, and I'll put a uh, link to it on Nathan's show notes page here on the Cars yeah website that you can go to. I loved it. It's a great little short video, and a lot of these dealers, and I see it during Car Week in Monterey and other events, uh, car dealers and marks are realizing the power of these little vignette touches to the consumer base out there. And if you look at a younger, say a millennial market shopper or even somebody a little bit older, they tap into this stuff and it means a lot. I watched that video with a huge smile on my face. I wanted to go out there and drive that car and have some fun <laughs> with that car. I'm like, how can I get that deal with BMW? That was pretty cool. Yeah, where they kind of tricked you and said, hey, you got to keep this car for a few days and go have some fun with it. And you definitely were having some fun. So hmm. great story. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time and talk about your first really special car. You talked about that E46, and maybe that's the one you want to elaborate on. That time you got a car, you went, ah, this is it. This is the one for me. So I'm actually, uh, yeah, I actually bounced back even a little further because my opening quote from Colin McRae, after that point in time, I was a huge World Rally Championship fan. I thought they were the best drivers in the world. Everyone says F1, but if you watch a World Rally Championship driver, it, the things that they can do is just blows your mind out. It's magical, isn't it? It's just amazing. The foresight that they have in their driving is just amazing. And he was at that time huge. He was rally and whatever he did just blew my mind. So, you know, at that point in time, Subaru was making their Impreza and that was their big car. In 1998, 99 is when they rolled it out in the U.S. for the first time. And I just, I had to have it. And so it was my first new car I bought. I was just a teenager. Shouldn't have probably bought it. Terrible bit, um, you know, financial <laughs> decision. <laughs> but I had to have that car. And it lived up to all its hype. The, you know, the small little coupe with all-wheel drive. It was so much fun. And just like you, I, I lived in the Northwest and, you know, you have all those different types of weather and I'd go up skiing and it would just fly up the mountain and I'm passing, you know, SUVs like, like they're standing still. And it was just, it was so much fun. And it was the first car I'd, I'd owned to where it was just a joy to drive no matter where I was or what I was doing. Yeah. So that was also the car I took to the BMW car club to get on track. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's perfect. Oh, those are awesome cars. Really fun, fun cars. And uh, yeah, the rally drivers, I had somebody explain one time he said explain rally driving i said it's like a jackrabbit running on the edge of a razor blade it, <laughs> it's just it's i i do see those drivers and i those in-car cameras and i just think how do they do that 
prolonged periods of time. It just blows me away. And I know like a lot of F1 drivers have done some of that. Kimi Raikkonen has done some of that. And uh, yeah, it's amazing stuff. So, but uh, sounds like a fun first car. Well, how about a car that you've owned to let go? Is there one? I know you're a young guy, so maybe you haven't done this yet, but a car you let go that you wish you had back. Well, I haven't let go of too many cars um, because I still own both of my, every BMW I pretty much own. So two of them I still own. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Um, so the only one is that, that Subaru and I, I would love to still have it now that I'm in the Northeast here working in New Jersey, it would be a lot of fun to have during the winter. But like I said, I just had so much fun with that car that I do look back now and it's like, ah, that would just be a fun one to have, not to keep and, you know, keep restored, but just to drive it until it was done. You know, it's just one of those cars that I would have enjoyed putting it off to the pasture. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. I understand. Well, let's talk about today. I'd love for you to tell our listeners a lot more about what you're doing as a manager for retail performance company with BMW of North America. What What are some of the many cool things you get to get up and do that gets you really excited every day? So one of my main priorities here is I'm in charge of the BMW Genius how-to videos on the BMW USA YouTube channel. So there's a whole section where if you go to the YouTube channel of how-to videos on all of our cars, everywhere from <laughs> even how to use cup holders to all the way <laughs> to our full iDrive navigation system. We go all the way through anything you can think of on how to do. We make a video for it to show you how to do it and best practices. And I'm the guy behind that. So I get to plan which topics and which direction to go for. So it's basically, I get to show customers how to use all the features on their car. And it's, that's a lot of, it gives me a lot of excitement because I love technology. I love our products. And so it's fun for me to show people what their car can do. So what's the website that people go to on YouTube to find that? The, the BMW USA channel on YouTube. There you go. Uh, sounds exciting. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. And again, imagine getting to do that all day and getting paid to do it. Uh, sounds like a blast to me. That is very <laughs> It's a cool. lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you were a car, Nathan, what kind of car would you be and why? Ooh, you know, I struggled with this one as I thought about it. But I think what I come down to, and it's also surprisingly when a lot of people ask me if I were to buy an M car right now, is uh, the new X5M. The car, it's, you know, it's it's unintimidating. It looks like most of your other X5s. It's comfortable. It can do everything. Like I said, I love to go skiing, so it takes me up skiing. But when I want, I can easily go out on track and beat a lot of cars. The thing performs so amazingly. I don't know how they can get a 4,000-pound SUV to handle as good as an M3, but I don't know. Those crazy engineers did it, and it's it just blows my mind every time I drive that car. It just does everything. Yeah. And that's kind of how I am. I, 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 like I said, well, as an engineer, now I'm a marketer, and I say it's just all purposes of life. It seems like no matter what, I like to do it. So that kind of fills who I am. You know, it's funny. I see those, and my wife's driven X5s for, gosh, a dozen years now. We bought the first generation when it came out, and she has the, the second generation now. And when I see those X5Ms, I go, honey, that's what you need. And she just looks at me and rolls her eyes. She goes, that's what you want. That's not what I need. So, yeah. 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 Those are awesome. Yeah, but do you get it on the weekends? She would get it on the during the week. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. It's uh, I haven't quite convinced her yet. That's the the path we should go down. But yeah, those are spectacular, spectacular automobiles. 
Yeah, if you talk to any of the any of the BMW Performance Center guys and get some of their backstories about the X5Ms, there, there's some crazy stories about kind of the performance levels those car can do, about them beating 911s off the line, and <laughs> it's, it's, it just blows your mind because it's such a big car at what it can do. Yeah, and they're beautiful too. Well, Nathan, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Nathan, we are back, and we're entering the last lap. You've been on the track enough to know what that means. The white flag's out, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Ready. Let's go. Here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I'll say it's not advice, but an example. My father, when I was younger, whenever anything broke, he's like, let's just go fix it. So that always taken that to heart, and whenever something's broken in my car, I've tried to figure it out and fix it myself. There you go. Yeah, I've mentioned this before. I, my wife's uh, radio was having problems, and I needed to fix it for her, and the dealer wanted quite a bit of money. to. They just wanted to replace it, and I thought, no, nah, this is going to be fixed. And I uh, went on YouTube, found a quick YouTube on how to do it, and boom, done. Easy. So, yeah, let's go yep. fix it. Yeah, too many people just throw things away these days without trying to fix them. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years? I look to always improve on quality, no matter what it is. If there's something I can do it a little bit better, I'm going to always try to do it a little bit better. Um, and everything from work to just a daily routine, if there's that little step to give me an edge, I'm, I'm going to do that. And it just takes a little bit more effort, but it goes a long ways in the long run. Ah, brilliant. Now, do you have a resource you think our listeners would really enjoy? 
Um, yeah, so I touched on it earlier. I think the, the BMW Genius um, section on our BMW USA YouTube channel is uh, very informative. And then also the BMW Car Club of America website has information on how you can get involved with that car club. And like I mentioned earlier, I didn't have a BMW when I joined. They still don't require a BMW. Just come out, enjoy cars, and have a good time. Yeah, it is uh, a one. I'm a member of a lot of clubs, but the BMW Club, just super enthusiastic, friendly, kind people, not snooty at all. They welcome everybody who loves anything that rolls on rubber. So great recommendation. Now, if I could set up a deal where you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would that person be? You know, this one actually was one of the last ones I could fill in for you today. And um, it's actually Adrian Newey. Ah, um, yeah. You know, with my engineering background, I love what he's done with, you know, in his Formula One careers, obviously, yes. you know, second to none just about. But there's the side projects that he does that also really impress me. Like he developed um, a Red Bull prototype for the Gran Turismo video game, which basically they told him, hey, you have unlimited, you have no rules. What would you do? Mm -hmm. And he created this amazing prototype for the game. And then he's also doing that with Aston Martin with the Valkyrie example. It's just like, he's just thinks outside the box to make the most best performance he can. And it's, I would just love to pick his brain and find out where these ideas come from. That'd be an awesome time for sure. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? I did get caught up, as I'm sure every everyone who's listening to this today is The Art of Racing in the Rain by Garstein. Yes. That, I mean, I, I read that from cover to cover the first time I read it because I'm also a dog lover. And it just it, it was an amazing book for me. But, you know, I think for me personally, being a, the new digital marketing style person for me, um, and it's not really even like a video or, or something like that. On YouTube, there's a, um, a content creator called Casey Neistat, and he basically just does like a daily vlogs where he films his day. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is he's an amazing storyteller. And basically what he talks about every time they say, oh, you're a great storyteller, you're a great storyteller. And how do you become a great storyteller? And it it's all about, you know, he talks about technology not getting in his way to tell a story. He just wants everything to be able to be about the story, no matter how you're, you're going about it, digital, book even just talking, he's all about creating a great story. And I just, he, he draws me in and I'm constantly fixating on his videos and it, it's pushed me in my own content creation to, to create storylines and better engaging content. He's, he's a huge, huge person for me lately. Yeah. A gr great inspirational people. Gar Stein's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah. And his book is the most recommended book by my guests here on Cars. Yeah. I have a place where I put on my website, guest recommended books where I made it easy for people to go and scour through all those books and just do a quick click. It links you to Amazon quick buying, uh, really easy. And Casey, yeah, Casey Neistat is, uh, he's pretty awesome guy. I love his video, do what you can't. And if you go to his YouTube page, I believe that's the first one up there that you can listen to. He's an innovator. He's wild. He's crazy. He's done some incredible stuff. And whether you like his approach or not, you have to admit he's gone out there and done it. Do what you can't. I, I love what he's doing. It's really wild and crazy and uh, very inspirational for a lot of people, no doubt. Cool. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources on Nathan's show notes page here on CarsYeah.com. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Nathan Rish, R-I-S-C-H is how you spell that name, and his page will pop up with all these cool links. I'll even put a link to Casey's uh, YouTube page because for those who have never heard of him, uh, I think they'll go and go, whoa, this guy's really prolific with what he's producing. <laughs> so, 
it's it's just he he connects with who's watching him. You feel like you're right there talking with him. Yeah, yeah. And I I think that's unique in how he does things. I mean, most of the times when you're watching content online, you're watching a video or something like that. But he makes you feel like you're there. Yeah. And that's something I've always tried to do professionally is make you you feel like you're actually the one there involved. That's why uh, I always feel like I'm the one behind the camera because it's like I want I don't want to be in front of it telling you what's going on. I want you to feel like you're there. And he does that in a great way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here we are up to the checkered flag, Nathan. This last question can be a bit of a doozy, but it's a fun one. It's a fun concept. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. You can keep your current drivers. Don't worry about that. But I'm going to buy you well, something really. Sp- yeah, I'm going to buy you something really special and unique to park in your garage. But more importantly, I hope you take it out and enjoy it. But money's no object, so don't worry about the cost. What would that car be, and why? Mm, this is actually very easy for me because ever since I was a little kid, you know, everyone has the poster of their car on their wall when they're a kid and an auto enthusiast. Yep. And mine was the McLaren F1 GTR. It rolled out when I was a little kid and raced at Le Mans and won overall and dominated one year when I was little. And I thought it was just the most coolest thing that here's a sports car where you sit right in the middle. Um, it has an amazing BMW V12 that everyone raves about. Um, and it's just, it was just always the coolest thing when I was little and the performance to back it up, that was just amazing to me. And even today, it's, I think it's still the fastest naturally aspirated car ever. So it's just everything about it to me is just fantastic. And it's always been that halo car for me. Yeah, the McLaren F1, and especially the GTR, of course, but I noticed on the latest Sports Car Market magazine, it was on the cover, and they were talking in the last five years, the value of those cars have gone from about $4 million to $16 million or some crazy number like that. It's like, oh, Yeah, oh. and I think what's funny about those stories you read now is how many stories that pop up about the one laptop that can program the computer in there, and it's like yeah. Yeah, they, they keep it in like a special area, and it's like – don't let that laptop out of your sight because yeah. it's the only one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it just kind of adds to that mystery of the car, you know, and it's, it's great. Yeah, back in the day when those cars first came out, I was importing Facome tools and selling them. And I got to go visit the factory because Facome was supplying McLaren with their tools at the time. So I got to go and see that car and uh, in the operating-like room where they were building them. And it was just this pristine, it, not like any factory. I've been in a lot of car factories, but... Oh, my goodness. You picked an expensive one for me, like everybody does, Nathan. So I'll get to work and find you one of those. Do you have a particular color you would like? Oh, you know, I like that that, that livery, the Fina, the white with the Italian flag on there. Ah, it, okay. That one, the, the BMW USA Classic one. Yeah. Uh, just, that's just gorgeous to me. That's the one. I'll get to work for you. Well, Nathan, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed learning more about you and what you're doing there. For BMW, I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Cars Out listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the track in that McLaren F1 GTR? Yeah, you know, I was a genius for about 10 months um, at BMW Vista in San Diego. And uh, one thing I always had to tell all my customers, and I think it's a good a good motto for life even, is don't be afraid to push the button and find out what it does. Ah, yeah, it's great advice. And I remind those listeners that maybe haven't been into a BMW dealership, the genius term that Nathan is referring to is not only him, because he's a genius, but it's to the people that help you at BMW when you go in with all the technical questions, because cars have become so complex these days. My next-door neighbor just bought his wife a new uh, Audi, 
uh, six. And oh my gosh, I sent that thing and all the buttons and all the things. And I said, how thick is the owner's manual to this thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gotten pretty complex, but the, I think BMW's gonna, done a great job with that whole genius concept of helping uh, consumers when they come and learn more about all those buttons. So Nathan's right. Don't be afraid to push the buttons. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you, Nathan, with all the different things you do? Um, my best is at uh, any social media. You can follow the BMW Car Club of America. I am their digital content manager. So anything you see on there, I most likely posted it. There you go. Well, listeners, I'll make sure I put all these links on Nathan's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go there, type Nathan Rich, R-I-S-C-H, into the search bar. His page will pop up. Follow along with what this young man's doing. He's uh, creating some wonderful content. Spectacular stuff. I enjoy it every month because I'm a BMW Car Club member for a long time now. I don't even remember when I first started, but it's been decades. But I certainly enjoy everything you and your team are putting out. Fantastic job. Nathan, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark, and have a great day. You too. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage. It's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.